live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning. What a couple of hours have we got for you coming up. The very popular and all-conquering weekend preview team to join me just after 9.45 this morning. Richie Lewis is in fine form. Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling for a massive weekend preview. Concentrating on Derby Day and also Golden Eagle Day in Rose Hill. We've got James Cummings not far away. The Blue Army have got massive representation in Sydney and Melbourne on Saturday. They've got some big chances in Melbourne on Derby Day, including Cylinder and the Coolmore Stud Stakes and Sardozzi in the Wakeful. They've also got Spacewalk going around in that um, Rising Fast Stakes and um, Zapatay also going around on that Saturday. So looking forward to that. Cascadian, one of our favourites, resumes in the Giggy Kick Stakes. And then Pericles and Golden Mile will represent the stable there in the James Squire Golden Eagle. And just after 9.30 this morning, Chris Waller will be joining us as well to go through his runners in those big group races um, uh, there in Melbourne. Of course, he's got a host of chances in the Golden Eagle. But it's always a pleasure to catch up with James Cummings ahead of a massive weekend of racing. James, good morning. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks for having me on. It's an exciting time of the year. Derby Day, where you can dress up in your black and white and head into Flemington, and it's got that wonderful aura about it. Um, the home and the spiritual home of racing, in my eyes, in this country. And you've got a very talented galloper in Cylinder going around in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Have you been happy with him since Everest, the Everest Day? Yes, Cylinder pulled up fantastic from the Everest, and he just should be... Absolutely perfectly at his prime and ready to ready to launch in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. This will be a, this will be a vital race for the horses, um, for the horses' whole career, not just his preparation, but uh, but everything everything this preparation leads us to this Coolmore, and uh, and and I can I can I can feel like the horses horses absolutely perfect in himself, and uh, and. Ready to ready to run his best race. You've got a wonderful record with these three year olds down the straight at Flemington. Can you compare him to other Group One winners down the straight from your stable over the years? Where does he measure up there, James? Well, he's got the attributes of a of a top liner. He's yes. uh, he, he's he's you know, equal parts tough, resilient, as well as brilliant and uh, and and loaded with ability. So, you know that. There's no doubt that Cylinder's our our premier sprinting three-year-old. He was our premier two-year-old as as well last season. So there's a lot to like about the horse, but it is absolutely vital that we can we convert with the horse in a Group One, and uh, and this would be an absolute major to put on the horse's resume. But uh, but look at the look at the race. You know, 19 acceptors in the field, and yeah. uh, the the challenge of Tackling the straight for the first first time for for Cylinder, but that um, that should not prevent him from being capable of winning the race. He just needs to absolutely run his best race, and uh, and he uh, he should be he should be right up there with the main competitive chances and give him you know give himself that opportunity to um, to convert in in a in a time honoured Group One. So when when you started this preparation with him, uh, the the Coolmore was his big grand final. But you decided to go the Everest with him before that. 
taking on those type of horses and mixing it with think about it and horses like I wish I win. Do you see that when you can throw them in the deep end at times as a three-year-old that they can go one way or the other, that can really help them furnish into a man in a way when they take on the big boys and girls in a race like an Everest? I've thought it for a long time. I uh, had that expectation that we would see three-year-olds in the Cornwall do it exceptionally well coming from uh, from the Everest since its inception. And it was no surprise to me to see Home Affairs do yeah. exactly that in a race 12 months ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, two years ago, I beg your pardon, he he, abs- he absolutely destroyed the three-year-olds when he dropped back to three-year-old company after uh, after finding the uh, the pace in the Everest a little too hot. And from that perspective, I think Cylinder and Shinzo have got a lot to offer coming into the Coolmore Stud Stakes this year. I, I've I've run my three-year-olds against older horses in the past with uh, with confidence. I've ran Animo in the Cox Plate. I ran prized icon at Wait for Age on, yes. in the lead up to him winning the Derby, and I think that uh, there's a lot to be said for that. Particularly in this country, we love to see our three-year-olds tested against the older horses. One thing I noticed with Cylinder is that he follows a very similar pattern to horse, a horse like Zustar, who won the race with lead-up runs at 1200, 1400, and then back to 1200. And 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 I can I can see Cylinder has enjoyed that rhythm, and hopefully yeah, that's. Um, that's in the mix to uh, to add to his attributes that you know lead, lead to the horse being capable of winning the race. But I I, I, lo- I love this Cornwall this year. It's got the it's got yeah. these um, the big four from the uh, the first four home in the in the Golden Slipper are here again, and uh, and they're you know these this trifecta they're this trifecta from the Golden Slipper they're all main chances in the Cornwall this year, and that's a pretty rare thing to observe that the two year the brilliant two year olds from last season have well and truly all trained on it three to be uh, to be big chances in the Coolmore. It might be known as Derby Day, but the Coolmore Stud Stakes is the biggest race on that program. It's the, the race that holds the most intrigue and there's plenty of um there's plenty up for grabs because if you can win this it makes your horse into a a big stallion proposition. So that's why I think it's so intriguing and I've put that into my black book over the years. I always learn something when I talk to you James and analyze your training. Three year olds when you um, take on the older horses. It's usually a recipe for success. So looking forward to seeing what Cylinder can do. Your grandfather, Bart, was a hero of mine. And when I started to cover racing and, and fell in love with this beautiful game, James, there was a mare or a filly called Faint Perfume. And she was a beauty. And um, I remember interviewing your grandfather when I was at Channel 9. And um, just off, we, it was one of those all-ins. Um, and Bart just said to, um, he just said quietly, he said, mate, uh, this, this, or a few of, few of the, this horse will win the Wakefield and she'll win the Oaks. So I think we got about 30 to one for the double. Um, and his legend grew in our eyes. Of course, we went to church that Sunday and <laughs> we even went to church and celebrated with Bart. <laughs> this, this, oh, we prayed on the Sunday after the Wakefield heading towards the Oaks, but Sardozy, can she do what Faint Perfume did all those years ago? And like so many fillies have been able to do, win a Wakeful, then go on to win an Oaks. Well, I feel like she can. I, I uh, you know, interesting. It's interesting that uh, I have, I have done uh, similar, similar to similar to Faint Perfume. Zardozzi has had a few runs as a two-year-old mm. before she kicked off this campaign, and. Uh, uh, Zardozzi was undefeated as a two-year-old and just took a little bit to get going her first couple of runs, but uh, but she hit her straps once I got her down to Melbourne 
she was luckless the week before the Edward Manifold at, uh, at your meeting at Sandown on the Sunday, and and yet in the uh, in the Edward Manifold she was she she looked every bit the promising filly we were expect, expecting in the spring, didn't she? Yes. Um, she re- she really let down in a promising fashion. Um, you'd, you'd love to think that uh, you'd love to think that she's the type of filly that will look good over 2,000 metres, but I can tell you I've I've been waiting a long time to see her over a trip. Um, I've had the oaks in mind with this filly. Admittedly, she carries a two-kilo penalty in this wakeful uh, for winning that Edward Manifold, but uh, but I expect a strong pace in the race. I think she's freshened up well with the four weeks between runs. She's still nicely fit, nevertheless, and, uh, and if she can overcome the, the weight penalty... Um, she can overcome the, the, the draw where she'll be giving away a bit of a start, which tends to suit her anyway. She'll be really steaming home, and uh, I'd like to think she's got a mile and a half look written all over her uh, coming through this weekend. And we owe you a few champagnes as well, James. The listeners are sending their text messages in because we were listening to you at the start of the spring. You indicated that our boy Tommy Kitten would be a great spring champion horse, and he was that and more there last Saturday. And you did indicate for our listeners... A few months back that Sardozzi would be a horse that would be hopefully really competitive in the, the Oaks. And now she's a clear second favourite for the, the Oaks on Thursday and a, a solid favourite for the Wakeful Stakes. Let's well, move. that's very, kind, that's very yes. kind of you. I'm not sure if it matches your 33 to 1 you got about Bart's tip when... Uh, well, <laughs> when, it's when, close. What did she start? What, 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 did, what did... She started what did on time. started there about $1.55, Yeah, I remember <laughs> I was bragging. I was with a few mates and I went down to the... Like, I think I was only working. It was my first spring for Channel 9. And um, I told everyone in the newsroom, I said, Bart's tipping his faint perfume. We're going into the Wakeful and to the Oaks. And I, I remember when she won the Oaks, we, I got dragged in. I, I think I snuck my way into the birdcage somewhere, Jimmy. And then I remember ringing Bart. I don't know why I did that. I must have been brave after a few champagnes. And I rang Bart and said, Bart, you bloody legend! You've done it again. <laughs> See you later. He would I'm have, sure it was well received. He, he, yeah, he would have said, it's not like you to sneak no, into the bird cage, no, Gareth. No, wow, no, you no, must James. have been brave. I was brave back then. Um, um, anyway, we need to keep on concentrating now. Oh, it was nearly the the driver was nearly the Hall of Fame. No one will ever really beat that sixty to six to one tip for the the slipper with cylinder, and we just went down. It still hurts us to the day, but um, yeah. that was one of the great. That was one of the great spruiks from a future bet's point of view. Now, talking about, you know, spacewalk, I, I, I felt sorry for him a little bit at Caulfield. I, might, I don't know if I was critical, but I thought, oh, that's just spacewalk doing spacewalk things when he loomed up looking like he was going to win. But I was having a think, and I went back through his form, and I tried to work him out a little bit. I think he's a dead set Flemington straight horse, James. I I, I'm interested. I'm interested in your opinion. Go on. Yeah, I think he's a, like. I think the way that he likes to get into his races and work into his contests, and you can just save him and put him behind a few horses, and then hopefully a gap appears late. He doesn't have to go around the bend. He can just put him to sleep in a way, and then go bang. And he's proven before that he can beat a horse like a bonus, yeah. not just down the straight, James. Yes, yes that's quite right. He, yes. uh, he he beat bonus notches home and had his number. Taken out of the frame by the stewards. Correct. The, the I didn't. But I think he still won that day. The the uh, the horse will the horse will run very well mm. um, up the straight. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And 
and I love the way he's going. Look, he 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 did get his head in front. Uh, he did get his head in front just before the line there at Caulfield, but um, admittedly he he uh, he was flushed out a little early, mm-hmm. sooner than Jamie Carr would have liked. Uh, she she uh, she reported back to the stable after the race, and uh, look, otherwise she just had the horse perfectly situated to make his make his sprint and. Uh, and win the race, and he would have gone into this race two from two this prep. But um, but he's in a handicap here, so he doesn't carry the penalty for winning that Caulfield Group Two. And I just can't help but think he's going to run well. Yeah, I'm with you. Can Gravina win first up? Well, he's a good fresh horse, yes. and I like the way he's going. He carries, uh, you know, he's got to give a kilo away to space walk. But um, this race can be, you know, this this race can be in a handicap. It can be won by a horse who's not necessarily one of the fancies. And Gravine is certainly going well enough that uh, that you, you'd um, you'd expect him to run a race. Interestingly, this this um, this race last year, Gravina was really really flying and uh, and wasn't beaten far. Mm. Um, I think uh, I think now that he's arriving here fresh up, that might bode pretty well for the horse. What do you make of Red Card in the Furphy Sprint over the eleven hundred meters? Can she bounce back? Well, I think that the drop back to if she can win this race, I think the, the dropping her back to 1100 meters will be will be one of the keys. Um, but she's got to get it a little softer than she's had it the first couple furlongs her last two starts. Um, that's what that's what we want to see from Red Card. She was absolutely dynamite first up at Rose Hill. That was 1100. She went straight to the front, but she wasn't going to the furlong quite like she she has been her last couple. And uh, and look. Uh, if they under if they underestimate red card, she'll take some catching, and 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 the the team's pretty happy with her back at Flemington. So there's something to be said for seeing her run a race in this race. Timmy Clark's got a great clock in his head. He won't be going ten to the furlong if he, if he can't help it. Um, what about? I tell you what, I know you're a romantic, James D Oliver in the D Oliver with Volana in the last race or race nine. Well, you know, we did. Uh, we did. We were on this program talking about Tamerlane and the Paris Lane with Damien yes, Lane. Yes, so you know, yes, yes. we we can't we can't ring off without right. re- reflecting on having Damien Oliver leading the field out as top weight on the oh, final perfect. race of Derby Day in his final Derby Day appearance. There'll be something to be said for him uh, getting the support, the supporting cheers of the crowd if he was to strike the front, you know, at the at the clock tower and Villana was too strong. I think the horse is really flying, and he can win the race. Mm. I do have uh, great respect for the depth in this field. There's, uh, there's, you know, this won't be easy for Valana with 59 kilos, but but uh, but I can I I've got to say I really like the way he's going, and uh, I can see things working out beautifully from that draw. The way this race is shaping up, uh, ho- you know, hopefully he's going well enough to knock off his stable mate yes. if it was to unfold that way because Tamerlane's not going to be easy an easy horse to get past either he he loves 1400 he's, he just seems to be a really a real seven furlong specialist um, and contrary to what we actually expected in the um, you know pre-race in the in the Paris Lane he didn't quite get as soft a lead as everybody um, as, as everybody might have him have him de- have him down as getting he uh, he was softened up a little bit, but was yet still brave to win by length. And uh, and there's there's um there's something to be said for that horse that having been kept fresh, he's still ticking over nicely. And uh, 
and he'll be ready to run another good race and gets the gets the good draw as long as he as long as he begins well. So you know this is um, this would be a good way to round out the day with a couple of good chances in the handicap, and it'll be uh, it'll be an exciting. No doubt it'll be exciting in the finish of our two horses are looming up. Tipping J Mac might have a big day in the world. Might be on him in the last race going into all of the J Mac all ups with Tamerlane. So no pressure, Tamerlane. Um, what about my old favourite Cascadian? He trialed like he always trials like a champ, but that was impressive there the other day. And he joined Zapateo in the Giga Kick. Yes, he does. Uh, he's he's going to be uh, look. We'll, we'll talk about Cascadian first. He's going to be first up against these horses who have had. Very solid uh, and impressive sprinting campaigns coming through all the right races. So, feed on the ground about his uh, about his prospects of beating them home here. But we'd love to see Cascadian flash up and run a race. Um, it um, it might be the case that he has only the one run in the spring, and then we put him away for the autumn. Right. Because I'd love to see him uh, back in the weight for age middle distance races in the autumn, and what would look like being his um, what will what will be his last ever racing campaign, and. Uh, and we like the way he's built up to this race, but uh, but but meanwhile, uh, Zapateo, who's uh, d- down down in the bottom in the weights, uh, she she looks like getting a gun run here. There's a bit of rain forecast for Rose Hill that should suit Zapateo down to the ground, and uh, and she will really really relish getting a nice cushy run here with um, with a. There's not there's not so much pace predicted in this in this race, but there surely should still be some pressure at the right time, and she should uh, she should enjoy that economical run and uh, and be ready to produce a good turn of foot at the finish, at least getting uh, getting a bit more fresh air than what she was uh, what what she was able to get in the Sydney Stakes when hopelessly held up for a run back in the field in a in a slow pace. Time is running out, but I thought she would have been hard to beat in Melbourne as well, Sapateo. So. Um, Dominic and yourself have decided to go with the giga kick, which was interesting. Um, so, yeah, I thought J-Mac could have rode the cart if she was in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> what, about, what about Pericles and Golden Mile? Golden Mile, this is their, 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 their $10 million four-year-old race. The blinkers are off. And there doesn't look like there's too much pace in this race that might suit your horse, Golden Mile. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's amazing that there might not be much pace in the race and there's 20 runners in the field. Look, the, uh, the the horse is he's a sharp he's a sharp miler. He can begin well and put himself in a position. But he did settle six lengths from the lead in the Caulfield Guineas uh, before winning that race. Um, Zach Lloyd's going to need to make his mind up from the draw. Um, I can see the horse not being too far away, uh, but he, it'll have to entirely depend on how that horse begins. And uh, and his form is his form is interesting coming into the. Into, into this into this uh, golden eagle third place with the with the uh, the uh, uh, you know the the weight that he carried in the Epsom was I thought I th- I thought very you know I thought his his effort was very very solid there it was a career PB um, he did it from the front which was completely foreign to him at the time but uh, but that more than justified the horse's position running a big race in the golden eagle I uh, just just got involved in a speed battle there in the King Charles that was not ideal. Um, I think he could have finished closer had that not unfolded that way for him. And uh, and if we go back three ago to his run in the Theo Marks, well, it was um, it was the gold you know it was the golden mile we've been expecting all preparations. So mm-hmm. coming to the front in the Theo Marks, he looked pretty good there. And uh, and he gets back to Rose Hill for the first time since that race. So 
there's uh, there's something to be said for this horse burning away nicely and ready to ready to run a another peak performance in this Golden Eagle this weekend. All right then, who's the pick of your horses then in the Eagle? Pericles or Golden Mile? Well, then 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 you talk about Pericles, Pericles who yes. was who who would have been favourite in the Epsom had he taken his place. Uh, he missed that run. Um, I had to drop him back to thirteen hundred metres, which is not to his liking in the Silver Eagle. I thought his run was excellent, up on top of the speed, still still uh, fighting on at the finish. But but obviously not his best run for the prep. I I, I did I did uh, I did admire the way the horse went about things in the tramway, and he showed he's got versatility to do it from the front. So from that from that barrier, he can get uh, he can get run of the race stuff and be produced at the right time. Um, there's there's um, there's a bit of confidence around the way Pericles, Pericles is going too. So I I can't say there's much between the way the two horses are training. Uh, but perhaps a leaning towards Pericles, given that he's he's uh, he's just guaranteed to get a soft run in transit and get into the clear and um, and loom up like a loom up like a serious threat. Looking forward to seeing what hat you're wearing on Saturday at Flemington with black and white, of course, um, the colours that we need to be wearing there on on Derby days. The driver got a tip for us this week. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna have to um, do a better job than me. You're gonna have to track him down. All right, then. Well, I've got. He's too hard for me to track down these days, the driver. So I'll just have to make sure that um, he can come to us, the driver, because you just got to let him. You can't force anything with him. So um, I apologise to the people texting in. I've tried. Um, but as soon as he, he'll be listening, the driver, and he'll let us know. Um, but we wish you the best of luck, James. Is there any particular race that you would love to win this week? The this. Oh, I think... I, look, I, I think I think for the for Dahlia it'd be great to win this Cornwall this yes. weekend. That would be that would be the race. But um, but you know, I think we I think I think his Ina Sheikh Mohammed could also make room for another Golden Eagle on the mantelpiece. Yes, he and, needs uh, the money. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how we go. <laughs> thank you, thank you, James. We appreciate your time and those insights as always. And enjoy your weekend, mate. Thanks, Gareth. He's James Cummings, nine twenty-five. Let's take a break. Chris Waller next.